Good morning. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's good to see you. If you notice, I have a bit of a thing going on. It's this virus that never goes away. I've named him as Virgil the Virus. He's been with me for about six weeks now. He's becoming my constant companion. So at any rate, we'll try to muddle through this morning. Um, I want to begin this message with a uh, reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. This is a traditional Christmas story reading. Listen to these words. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went up to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Now hear these words. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, it's easy to get why the angels broke out in praise and glorified God that uh, first Christmas uh, moment. I mean, this has been God's plan since our creation, right? Since the unfolding of the humankind. It's been his plan to send this Redeemer to save us from our sins. And they got to see the plan unfold, and they couldn't contain themselves, and and they praised God and burst into into that praise, uh, I think, in a rather outgoing, loud way. But of all the things that they could say to you and I, why would they say, and peace on those whom God's favor rests? Why peace? Of all the terms and words that could be used, why that phrase? Well, I think since the fall of mankind, peace has eluded those who were designed in the likeness of God to enjoy his fellowship forever. I think it's eluded most of creation. Instead, what creation has experienced has been unrest, the opposite of peace. Did you know that in our times, anxiety has become probably the major mental health problem? In June of 2016, an article appeared in Lifestyle Health and Fitness. I found the title interesting in the little episode I'm going to read to you very interesting. The title said, How Anxiety Became a Modern Epidemic Greater Than Depression. Listen to this excerpt from this article. Until now, conversations around mental health have tended to focus on depression. But the report last week, which was a review of 48 studies from across the world, suggested that anxiety could be a much bigger problem. The U.S. scored the highest number of people affected by anxiety, 8 in 100. East Asia, the figure was three in 100. It's found that more than 60 million people in the, in the, uh, you know, in the European Union suffer from this problem. People with anxiety tend to be hyper-vigilant to negativity and worry excessively about the future. 
Whereas those with depression tend to dwell on bad things about themselves. Many researchers now believe that a lack of dopamine linked to reward and pleasure is related to depression, but it really has nothing to do with anxiety. And the big question is becoming, why is anxiety becoming such a big problem now, since, uh, especially since, uh, in those born since 1980? One theory is this, we're digitally connected, but we're less connected relationally with one another. Daily life is less communal and collaborative, particularly when you compare it to life maybe 100 years ago. People want to be accepted. People want to be liked. Being excluded from a group of people um, is a terror for many people, especially for many young people. Millennials, that younger generation, call it FOMO, fear of missing out. But it's also the fear of being left out. Added to this is, is in, 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 in many young people's minds, fears about the future. They're, will I find a good job? Will I be able to live independently? Um, can I even own a home? Can I to have marriages and families like my parents? So anxiety is a big problem in our culture. Do any of you suffer from anxiety ever? No, it's normal to have butterflies, right? You're going to do a speech or something at school or you're maybe uh, before a big game you're going to play in or, or maybe you have a job interview or you're meeting a person for the first time. Maybe you're going out on a date. I don't know, whatever be the scenario. It's normal to have butterflies. Listen, it is not normal for that to be normal. Follow what I'm saying? It is not normal to feel anxious all the time. How is your anxiety level this Christmas season? Jesus has come to bring us peace, an inner peace. After Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the very first thing they did was basically hid from the Lord when he came to visit them in the cool of the day. And people have been hiding from God ever since because of sin. But God hasn't left us in this state of unrest. This is part of the angelic announcement. He has not left us in this state of unrest. He announced, I'm going to bring peace upon those on whom my favor rests. And you know how his favor rests on us? If we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, then his favor rests on us. And we ought to be experiencing peace. Now, let me give you a definition of peace. It denotes a state of untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Does that define you? Is that your heart condition? Untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Now, true peace can only be experienced by reconciliation with God through Jesus. Amen? I'm not telling you to have a self-help thing here at all. You can only experience peace by reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ. I like to watch movies, different movies and stuff. I enjoy uh, some of those things. And a while back, a long time ago, I watched the movie Miss Congeniality. Do you remember that movie? Sandra Bullock? Some of you by the laughs remember that movie. She was an undercover FBI agent who went into this American beauty pageant to try to figure out this conspiracy that they had found out about to bomb the pageant. So she's a tomboy and she's not very feminine. And a lot of the movie humor is about the fact that she's not very feminine. And, and the movie kind of makes fun a little bit uh, of the beauty pageant and, and the girls, and so does Sandra Bullock, and it kind of sucks you into that humor. And at one point, 
the, 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 the contestants are all being asked, you know, what's really important to you? What's really important to you? What do you think their answer was? World peace, right? World peace, world peace. They had like several of them. World peace. Half the minute I kind of laughed about it. Later in the movie, uh, Sandra Bullock had become a true friend with some of the contestants, and she had, uh, you know, found out the conspiracy uh, of, of behind the bombing threat and all that and figured all that out. And then in tears, she does a speech. Do you remember her speech at the end? And I really do want world peace. Right? Do you remember her saying that? I thought, yeah, this is kind of funny. See, this is our big thought today. Peace is a basic need. It really is that you have that only God can supply. Peace is a basic need. Even in a movie that's poking fun about a bunch of things, you still see that subject matter of peace come up. It's, it's just a basic need that you have that only God can supply. Now, I mentioned last Sunday that in the year 2017, I've been on a relentless pursuit of peace, of really being a person that truly experiences peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being of my inner person. You and I who call ourselves Christ followers, if you call yourself a Christ follower today, you ought to be experiencing, to some degree, untroubled, undisturbed well-being in your soul, in spite of all the trouble that's going around us. Anxiety should not define our inner status. Anxiety is a red flag that something's amiss. Usually it's a red flag that we're not dependent on the Lord and something that we ought to be dependent on the Lord in. Peace in God is not the absence of troubles. You understand that, right? This inner peace I'm talking about is not the absence of troubles. In fact, Jesus said, we probably will experience the contrary in this, in this life. He predicted that we would have all kinds of troubles in this life. In John chapter 6, he tells his disciples, I'm going to be crucified. It's like a woman giving birth to a child. There's all kinds of pain. There's all kinds of distress. But once she has the child, she forgets all that. And he predicts that the time was coming when this is going to take place. And all of you, he says to disciples, you're all going to desert me. But then he says this in verse 33 of John 6, 16. I should have said 16. I said 6. Okay, I meant 16. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The disciples were experiencing trouble in their times. That trouble was about to be multiplied by their desertion of Jesus Christ. But Jesus says to them, listen, you're going to have trouble in this world, but take heart. When you come back, and you'll come back to me, I'm, I'm going to give you peace. Peace because I've overcome this world. Think about the year 2017. Think about this year just a little bit. Do we have some troubles going on in our world today? I mean, I tell you what, every single day it seems like lately, you, some public figure you're finding out about the scandalous lifestyle that they were living for many, many years, and now they're being found out and being fired and, and, and taken to court or whatever, you know. And it kind of causes in you some unrest and distrust of public figures. And there's fallout from that, you know. Because people in our culture begin to think anybody that does anything publicly 
has this secret life going on that we don't know about that is not very good. And so people begin to distrust people like me, thinking, oh, yeah, I bet you have some things going on too. By the way, I don't. Some have tried to find it out. I just don't have anything. I'm really quite boring. I actually love my first wife. I'm still married to her. I don't mess around. I don't. Anyway, I'm boring. You got it? You follow what I'm saying? So um, praise God, right? But you know, I, 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 I see in a lot of people a distrust of institutions like church or public offices or politicians or whatever because of all the scandal that's going on. Then there's those shootings. They're horrendous, right? These shootings. So much hate. You wonder, what in the world? Some guy drives a van and runs people over? Really? And there's North Korea and the threat of that and all the tweeting that takes place. And such things cause unrest. It causes all kinds of unrest in us. Then we have hurricanes in Parts of our country are flooding over and fires. The fire got kind of close to home here, didn't it? This custard was burning up here, you know. And I, I remember just having this moment where I thought out loud with Vicky there because we love to hike. And we've gotten the custard a few times. And that's just great hiking country. And I wondered out loud with her, I wonder if the places that we love to go are there anymore. I wonder if they burned up. And we see the truth of, 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 of John 16:33. In this world we have what? Troubles. But the verse doesn't end with that declaration of reality, which is, that we, you know, that is reality. In this world, we have trouble. It doesn't end there. It goes on and it says, but take heart. I have overcome this world. And Jesus leaves us with the peace to be experienced in spite of the troubles. A couple chapters before John 16 and John 14, Jesus was comforting his followers after telling them that he was going to depart and go back to be with God, and if he goes back, he will prepare a place so that he can come and bring them where he is at. And, and, and then you can kind of just feel the unrest, and the, 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 the disciples are going, what's up? And, and Jesus says something really profound in, in, in John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. It's almost like he's breathing this on these guys. Peace I leave with you. My peace. I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You need to memorize this verse. You need to speak this verse in your life. When anxiety begins to rear its ugly head against you, you need to say, no, 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 no. I am a follower of Christ. And my Lord and my Savior has left me with peace. Peace he has left with me. I do not give to you, Jesus says, as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You need to begin to speak that into your situations. When the job is tough, when you're feeling unrest and you're feeling all kinds of anxiety, don't just bottle it up and destroy your body from the inside out. Instead, speak to that situation Peace, Jesus, you've given me. Peace I receive. I'm not going to let this anxiety become the state of my inner person. Your peace is the reality for me to be experienced. So in spite of the troubles that I'm going through, I receive your peace. Begin to use God's word as it's meant to be used to transform your mind and your heart. Amen? 
And when you're dealing with some family situations, if you have children, my goodness, can you have unrest, right? And they don't try to do that. They're just God's instrument to cause you to depend on him more. And so when your child is doing something and you're worried about them and their future and you want to know, oh, Lord, help this poor kid, don't get anxious. Don't have a state of troubleness in your heart. Instead, say, Jesus, your peace you've given me, I receive your peace. It's not a peace of this world. I'm not going to be defined by troubles and anxiety of heart. Whatever you face, my brothers and sisters, begin to use this verse and speak to that situation. On that first Christmas, the angels announced that Jesus would bring us peace. It just as he as was promised, that's what he's done. Sometimes, you know what, we're going to go through real troubles in life, and it's going to be difficult, and what we do here isn't easy at times. But our state of being, our, inter, our inner person, must be a person that is untroubled and undisturbed, full of well-being because Jesus resides there. And we're to be people of peace. You know what? Many of the well-known Christmas songs that we sing, they're about this very subject matter. One such one is, it came upon the midnight clear. It came upon the midnight clear. It's, it, this is one of the commonly sung Christmas songs that really doesn't have anything to do much with the birth of Christ. Rather, it really focuses on the song of the angels. Peace on earth, goodwill to men, as stated in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. The hymn was originally penned by a Massachusetts native named Edmund Hamilton Sears, and he earned a degree from Harvard Divinity School in the 1800s and was ordained then as a minister. Now, his context for the writing of this hymn was the social strife that was plaguing our nation as civil war approached. And, you know, it's right for us to sing at this time of year songs full of joy, isn't it? Amen? You know, like joy to the world or hark the herald the angels sing. But the reality of our, our lives is what? There still isn't really peace on this earth. There's still all kinds of troubles. And the mid... It came upon the midnight clear, kind of addresses that. Listen to this one stanza, because originally he wrote it as a poem, okay? And then it was converted to him. Listen to the stanza. Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world hath suffered long. Beneath the angel strain have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. And man at war with man, which is such a sad thing, hears not the love song which they bring. Oh, hush. I like this. Oh, hush the noise ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. This is the fourth Advent Sunday, and today we're going to light what is called the peace candle. And though we lived in a very troubled world, we can take heart this morning in Jesus Christ, and we can experience peace. We really can. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being in our hearts. And perhaps what we just need to do at times is what? Just hush it. Just hush it down. Hush the noise down. And just believe God. Take him at his word and speak his word to our hearts. And let the peace of Christ dwell richly in there. So as I light this candle today, my prayer is that you're experiencing the peace of Jesus Christ. And no matter what you're going through, be it physical or emotional or 
relational or whatever situation you're facing that maybe is trying for you that the peace of Christ would prevail in you and that you would experience what the angels promised us on that very first Christmas. Would you bow your heads and let's just pray for a few moments. Lord God, this uh, fourth Advent Sunday, as we have our focus on peace, what my prayer is that this isn't just a topic that we discuss, but that everyone here as they walk out of church this morning would be willing to grapple with this. If some be filled with anxiety today and full of a, a troubled heart, what I, I, I just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come upon them in strength and power and that they would begin to experience that untroubled, undisturbed well-being of the heart that you grace us with, Jesus. doesn't mean that we won't have troubles. doesn't mean that we won't have difficult situations in this life. But our internal state can be determined by your Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And so this morning, Jesus, we receive from you this promise. We declare that it's true and it's right. And we pray, Lord, that it wouldn't just be a concept we talk about, but an experience that we have, that we truly experience your peace, Jesus. I, I think, Lord God, that if the people of God are just people of peace in this regard, we're going to stand out like crazy in our culture because there's so much stress and so much anxiety and so much fretting and running about I mean, we can't even listen to news about the weather without it being sensationalized anymore. And I, I just pray, Lord, that we would have a calmness to our hearts and a peace because of our assurance in you, Lord Jesus. We love you. And I pray for anyone here this morning that maybe doesn't know you today, Jesus, that, and maybe wants this peace, that today would be the day they ask you into their uh, heart, Jesus, and they follow after you strong, and that you feel such a one with your Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord God, and we worship you this day, and we exalt you, and we join in with the, the, the praise of the angels, and we sing glory to your name, because there's none like you. You're uniquely uh, one of a kind, Jesus, and we just worship you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And all God's people said,